there are no robots. This guy right here doesn't do nothing for me. In ATS, it's simply an applicant tracking system. It is a system to track, keep track of, monitor, move through a process, applicants. Uh, what it is not is a giant robot overlord that is eating your resumes. Full stop. Hello, Amy. Can you hear me? Hello. I can. I just realized I got a little weird uh, hair sticking up there. <laughs> How are you? I don't. I, I guess you wouldn't. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> no. Clearly. Well, let me see. I think there's one here. I have Let's a little something that. going on there. <laughs> How this are is you? Good and you. I, I appreciate very much you coming. Uh, I really course. do. Yeah. Of course. I, I know that you're busy and obviously uh, now with uh, recruiting in yoga pants, which I love, by the way. <laughs> Started as a joke and just took off from there. And just took off, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let me properly introduce you. We have Amy Miller, uh, Senior Technical Recruiter with Amazon Labs. What is Amazon Labs? Yeah, so Amazon Lab 126, it's actually, uh, it's based in Sunnyvale. It's it's. I think kind of started as like the research devices kind of arm of Amazon. Uh -huh. I specifically work for Project Kuiper, which is a very cool initiative to launch low earth orbit satellites to bring broadband to underserved and unserved populations across the globe. How many times have I practiced saying that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm doing cool. right now. We're definitely part of the Amazon family, but Kuiper is kind of its own special little thing. It's own special, but I was looking yeah. at your background and, um, you know, you certainly have been a recruiter for quite some time and yeah. uh, officially welcome to HR Talent and Insiders. Um, I started this also as the pandemic uh, started yeah. and it was simply an opportunity for me to talk to people. Um, I was offering help to anyone that was unemployed. I worked mm -hmm. in the hospitality industry and a lot of people ha have been unemployed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just enjoy the back and forth and learning. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I started talking to people and here I am with you. Um, I, I appreciate you coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think you have a lot of good information to share, which is so. why I wanted to have you. Um, but before we jump into the topic today, yeah. uh, if you don't mind taking a moment and give us a little bit about your background so that people know who you sure. are. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the crazy lady behind recruiting in yoga pants. So you can check out the blog recruiting in pants.com. And I uh, started a YouTube channel as well back in January, had some time on my hands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, but by background, I mean, I've been a recruiter forever, right? It's been 20, more than 20 years, 21, maybe we're getting into 22. I don't know. Actually started an agency. So I was the girl at Robert Half handing you a clipboard when you came in to fill out a paper application way back in the wow. day and wow. just kind of grew my career ended up going into tech with microsoft um gosh what 2013 i guess and uh did a very yeah. nice tour at microsoft slight detour into google uh for a year and a half and then kuiper wooed me over so i've been in tech for for quite a while now and i i think i'll stay as long as they'll have me <laughs> awesome awesome well <clears throat> So I guess recruiters are those people that you love to hate. 
Oh yeah. We're like right? lawyers. I mean, everybody <laughs> hates us unless you need a really good one. And then we're really expensive. <laughs> I, I, I never thought about it in that manner, but I think you're absolutely yep. right. But here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I like what you're doing because you're kind of breaking it down. Yeah. And you know, I just read, I was looking at, as I was preparing, I was looking at a gentleman by the name of Adam Karpiak. Love uh, him. Yes. Right? You're, you're connected to him. And there's so much misinformation yeah. out there that I wanted to take an opportunity to, to at least clarify s some of what is out there to really help individuals that are unemployed yeah. um, really spend their time and energy on those things that they can actually control versus yep. the things that they can't. Love so that. There's so much that we can cover and we won't be able to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we might have to do round two. We'll see how your audience That's likes right. this and maybe, right? maybe you'll invite me back. We'll see. <laughs> but but I, I really wanted to dive into the yeah. applicant tracking system because yes. at the end of the day, it's what most companies are using out there. Definitely. Um, and there's also this mystery yeah. of what ATSs are. Yeah. And, you know, from this posting, which I just shared on LinkedIn uh, of Adam, um, there's a lot of misconceptions out there as to what it is and what isn't. So ATS oh, for stands sure. for Applicant Tracking System. Yes. Um, many companies, if not most, are using them. Some are probably still not necessarily using them. Mm -hmm. But in general, we're going to assume that most companies are using it in one way or another. Absolutely. Um, when you think of ATSs, mm -hmm. what is the first thing that comes to mind that people get wrong about ATSs? <laughs> There are no robots. <laughs> this guy right here doesn't do nothing for me. Doesn't you. Yeah, <laughs> My that's little right. robot guy. Uh, no, that's, that's one of the biggest mythologies. And here's the thing. An ATS is, like you said, it's simply an applicant tracking system. It is a system that companies utilize to track, keep track of, monitor, move through a process, applicants. This could be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. This could be as complicated as something like an iSIMS or a Taleo solution that has all kinds of plugins and is like super, you know, uh, created and, and kind of built to fit certain specifications based on what the company is asking for. So it can be any of those things or anything in between. Uh, what it is not is a giant robot overlord that is eating your resumes. Full stop. Got it. So, you know, here I am. I, I, I've been a job seeker um, yeah. and I've applied to ATSs. And one of the perhaps misconceptions that is out there is related to the keywords right. and how you're supposed to use keywords mm -hmm. so that your resume bypasses the little robot that is sitting <laughs> in a wheel exactly. somewhere in the cloud, which we need to yep. figure out how is he hanging or she hanging on the clouds. But um, why are <laughs> keywords such a big buzzword when it comes yeah. to resume writing? Yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be brutally honest and maybe throw my profession a little bit under the bus, just a smidge. <laughs> <laughs> just, just with love. <laughs> yeah, with love. Yes. So the reason it matters, the the thing, and I think. Adam's post really spoke to this as well. And, you know, I know he had a poll and everything as well, but the thing is it's the ATS isn't the problem. The problem is the loose nut behind the keyboard, so to speak, right? The me, yeah. <laughs> the, the recruiters of the world. 
what happens sometimes is recruiters are going off of a certain set of assumptions. Based on a job description, I know I need to find a software engineer who knows how to code in Java and has worked with large-scale distributed systems. I'll keep it very simple just in the interest yep. of time. If that's what I know I'm looking for, so to speak, I'm going to look for those words on a resume. I'm going to look for Java. I'm going to look for distributed systems. Yep. Um, I may look for a certain degree. You know, well, I really want somebody with a CS degree. Okay, so that now becomes a keyword. Yeah. Um, that's fine. And I understand that there have to be some kind of mechanisms to filter. Like I, I get it. We have to find the right people. And if we're talking specifically applicants, there's gotta be a way for me to sort through and say, yeah, out of a hundred applicants, here's the, you know, 47 that actually fit the criteria. The problem becomes when we over index on those keywords. When all we are looking for is that old control F, okay, this word showed up and was highlighted in the system, we have to make sure that we're actually taking the time to look at the resume, actually read the darn thing, and not only say, yeah, Java shows up, oh, here's how this person used Java. This was a project that they completed. This was a feature that they shipped, things like that. So it, it's both having the the actual context from the hiring team and like okay you want somebody that that knows java but why what will they do and then matching that up with the problems that somebody has solved in previous work or previous employers and and what's showing up on the resume so so keywords i get it and they're important it's it's twofold it's the candidate has a responsibility to make sure that that story is being effectively told Yep. And the recruiter also has a responsibility to make sure that they can read between the lines and kind of put the pieces together like, okay, the keywords there, but what does it mean? And does it really map to what my business is looking for? So, so I'm going to share with you a little bit of what has been my experience yeah. um, as an HR professional. And then let's try to connect the dots with Great. your expertise on, um, as a recruiter. So obviously you have a requisition. You create the requisition on the ATS and you have the option, depending on the ATS, of creating pre-screening questions, right? Yes. Basic questions. Yeah. Many times you can, you can, you know, reject people automatically based mm -hmm. on the answers that they give. So that will be kind of like the first stage of yeah. rejection. Now, yeah. in some systems, you can delay the response so that the person gets it, you know, 72 hours later. So they mm -hmm. get a feel that somebody looked at it. But yeah. technically, if you don't meet those pre-screening questions, right? Let's say, yeah. you know, do you speak English, right? right. And you say sure. no, it's going to automatically reject you. Absolutely. Right? It is incumbent on the candidate to take a look at those job qualifications that are on the posting. And if those pre-screening questions are coming up, that may reject you. Now, some people lie and Absolutely. they say yes, yes, yes to bypass <laughs> <Right>? it, <laughs> which pisses off the recruiter on the other end <laughs> because there Make is more work for me, dude. Minion, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no minion that is saying pass it somebody's actually looking at it yeah so that's the absolutely. first step would you agree with that the pre-screening questions is a totally agree. way to eliminate totally agree and i'll tell you i've used we call them knockout questions knockout or questions, a lot of people yes. call them knockout questions i've used them exactly one time in my career and it was at microsoft and it was right at the end of my time with microsoft when we were moving to isoms so we'd had a homegrown ats for a long time we were moving to isoms that is a feature 
and it was typically related very, very closely to the basic qualifications. So in, in my case, the teams I was recruiting for, it was, have you been a, a, an engineer? Have you coded for three years or more? And, you know, sometimes it might be work authorization questions, things like that. But yeah, they were based on the basic qualifications of the role. There, there right. were no like, you know, are you more than six feet tall or any silly stuff like that? Like it, oh, right. it was very much tied to OFCCP compliance requirements and oh, right. what the team had decided is a non-negotiable for their job. Okay. So now in some cases, those questions are not necessarily knockout questions, right. but there's a scoring attached to it, which is another concern that I've heard candidates Oh, there's a scoring, and if you don't pass the scoring, and at least in the ATSs that I've used in the past, mm -hmm. it would allow you to rank people based on how they responded. And it's like you said, it's it's primarily used for questions that allow me to um, obtain specific mm -hmm. yes or no versus you know describe your experience using Java. Right? right. For that, I can't score it unless yeah. I read it, right? Exactly, it's, it's too subjective. Yeah. Correct, too subjective. But it's a filtering mechanism. So now I get 100 applications. Yeah. Out of the 100, 20 people got rejected because they answered no in some of the right. no-call questions and the system automatically rejects them. Now, a person has to go in right? A recruiter yeah, or an absolutely. HR person has to go in and look at the remaining 80. Tell mm -hmm. me a little bit of what happens now with those 80. Some of yeah, absolutely. things that you do. So I've only used one tool that actually implemented the ranking and it was Taleo. So this is actually pre-Microsoft. This even goes back even further in my career. Um, I believe ISIMS does do it. I've just it hasn't been implemented in any All of the right. two times I've used ISIMS, but at any rate, so what happens, typically mine are ranked by date. By so date. this person applied OFCC May 17th. compliance, yes. It, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. like the oldest one is first and then Got the it. newer ones come in beneath it. Every morning I start at the top. And I try to clear out my queue every morning and just see, okay, who is, you know, so for me, I don't have a ranking, so to speak. I just have like, here's a list of people. And so I, I just, you know, I sometimes will use a sticky note or I'll have it up on my second monitor or whatever and kind of like, okay, these are the things I'm looking for. This is a story we're trying to tell here. And so I'll just go through um, the ones that I think are, so I, I make two piles, essentially, kind of mental piles. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. There's the ones that just are not a fit. I get yep. a lot of new grads that apply to senior level roles. I am so sorry to tell you, I cannot hire a new grad for a senior level role. <laughs> not the news you want to hear, but I got to be honest. So those That's are right. like an immediate, yes. sorry, moving yes. on. Um, then I have the ones that I'm not sure. I, there's something good there. I, 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 being a non-technical person myself, I don't have quite enough, you know, I'm not ready to make a judgment. So they go yep. in kind of my mental maybe pile. I typically leave them in that first level, first bucket, if you will. And then there's the ones that I think are great and think are clearly a fit. Those then get pushed to my hiring team. So mm -hmm. I want my managers to see every resume particularly for applicants that I think looks good. Let the hiring manager weigh in and decide, you know, out of that 80 that were left, maybe I have 40. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you should be so lucky to have 40 yeah, applicants to look at, Mr. Hiring Manager. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Usually doesn't work that way. But that's the idea. And then the crop of maybes, I will typically have a quick sanity check. I meet with my managers once a week usually. I take that time to kind of hit some of those. Like, hey, here's some people that I liked enough to not say no to, but I really need your thoughts. And it just yeah. helps me not only make sure we're not missing really great people, but it also helps me refine the search for later. You know, if they, if because sometimes they need right. to kind of see what's out there. Yep. And then they're kind of like, oh, well, actually, I really need something entirely different. <laughs> yep. 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 So obviously there's a person behind it. In this yeah. case, you, you're looking yeah. at it. Um, when, when I used to do it, I would go also, you know, first come, first serve type yeah. of approach. But I will go, depending on the number that I have, I would go 10 at a time. Yeah. So out of the 80 that passed, many times I may not even look at 70 because in the 10 that I decided to look, I yeah. happen to find these great individuals that now I'm sending to the hiring manager. How much do you think that is common out there that so many people apply yeah. and they don't even look at? I, I think it's it's unfortunately very common, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I mean, I can tell you, you know, I just made an offer this week um, that was thankfully accepted. And I guarantee that role has applicants since I first made an offer to this person. Yeah. So, you know, we there, there's some rules around like, okay, when do you disable a role? And when do you, you know, those kinds of things. And so, you know, that can certainly, I, I get how it may feel unfair. Yeah. But at the same time, until he shows up on the first day, is it really filled? Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? right. That's so, right. So yeah, so that can happen. The, the other side of that, though, is even if you come in, the role's been posted three months, maybe odds aren't in your favor, your information doesn't only live in that application. If I were then go run a search later, and I always source my own database first, if I go run a search later for a new position that looks a lot like the old one, hopefully you're going to show up in my search as well. Okay, got it. So let's talk a little bit about that because yeah. in reading um, uh, Adam's post, you know, he, he was articulating that a lot of these keywords are for the job alerts so that they can send you matches. And sometimes the matches that they send you are not relevant, but sure. I want to get in the, in, on the side of the recruiter. So now you close the requisition. Here's a new one. And yeah. you go into your database and you start looking, obviously, yeah. depending on the system, there's probably a set of keywords that you can enter and say, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z location, mm -hmm. years of experience, yep. et cetera. Yep. Is that then how, I guess I'm trying to articulate because a lot of the techniques that I'm hearing out there is take the job description that mm -hmm. is posted and ensure that your resume matches as much as possible what is described on the job description, right? And some keywords right. are going to be there. Ensure that they appear on your resume. Is, is, is that what recruiters would be suggesting to do and say, look, if I'm going to look for someone in my database, I'm going to use a set of keywords that matches the job description. Yeah. And it really is focused around the basic qualifications. Basic I, I qualifications. feel like a broken record, but I keep repeating that. But it, it really is. So, so a couple things to note about basic qualifications, because people get really mad about this all the time. Here's the thing. I don't make the rules. 
that you take that up with the government because they're right. the ones it's, that came up with OFCCP compliance. I saw your response to some guy there. I, yeah. I, oh man, yes, it's, it's yes. exhausting, but I can't help myself. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. We also have restrictions on how we are defining basic qualifications. They have to be measurable. Yes. I have to really be able to define a number of years plus. It doesn't mean I can't take a tenure person. Correct. But I have to define at least X amount of years. I also have to define, like, you can definitely prove if someone can code in Java or not. You can prove if someone has balanced a general ledger or not. Yep. yep. You cannot prove if someone is a good communicator. Correct. Because that may Correct. show up differently for you or me or that guy or that girl. Correct. So it's all about things that are verifiable and measurable. And a lot of those things, and this again, may be more specific to kind of repeatable hiring larger companies or things like that. Microsoft is not going to hire one software engineer. There are going to be any number of them yeah. every single year. So there are, you know, with larger companies, even some mid-sized companies, repeatable hiring where we are constantly going back and looking for more and more and more of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in defense of recruiters, right, and HR professionals that yeah. have to do it as part of their jobs, you know, you have so many applications you can only do so much, right? Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it is um, unreasonable uh, for purposes of expediency and, and, and financial limitations yeah. to take a resume, print it, right? That came on the ATS, print it, right? right. Print all 100 and go one at a time. Let me review it. Check, 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 check. Okay, this one is good. Now I'm going to... That's why they say that, you know, recruiters spend, you know, an average of few seconds looking at a yeah, resume. For sure. And 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 in defense to recruiters, you 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 have a limited time and limited resources to do your job no yeah. different than anybody else. Absolutely. Now, is it a fair system? No. I I'm yeah. the, I'm of the position the system is not fair, but is the system Right. Yeah. And unless you can come up with a system in which you can evaluate 250 people sure. um, consistently without, you know, breaking the bank, mm -hmm. the system is what we have. So, yes. Did you hire the best person in the first 10 people that you, you found? Well, if you hire the best person in those 10 is your best. Could there have been something, someone better in the other 70? Sure. Sure. You just didn't happen to get to it because yeah. the reality is that there's a limited time and, um, and resources to be able to do that. Yeah. So as a candidate, what do you recommend to me as mm -hmm. I go through the application process on the ATS? Do I need to fill out all of the spaces or do I fill out the bare minimum and attach the resume? So I, I know for me, I immediately pop out the resume. Yeah. The minute I pull up every morning, I look at my queue. Okay, I got 72 people in here. And if you're doing it every day, and this is what I'm going to pick on recruiters a little bit too. If y'all are on top of your queues, it is ludicrous to think that you're going to log in and have 200 people waiting for you. Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah. we're not that popular, okay? <laughs> I, I work for like arguably one of the most famous yeah. companies on the planet. Yeah, yeah. 
we're not that popular. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number one. Uh, but secondly, so as a candidate, what do you do? First of all, make sure that your resume tells the right story. So mm -hmm. if the role is saying we need somebody who has this expertise or whatever, I should be able to see that in your resume because I'm only looking at your resume in the first five seconds. I start at the top third of the resume. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for, I love a good summary. I'll say that. I love a good summary. My summary would be something along the lines of, you know, experienced full life cycle recruiter, uh, looking for, you know, a role or experienced in like big tech, hired, you know, software and hardware engineers. Like it would be a quick five second commercial of what Amy Miller does and what, what I'm capable of. Well, related to the job that you're applying. Yeah, that maps to the job I'm applying to. So if Got I'm it. like in, in the case of, of my current job, it was hardware. And so, you know, I, I kind of spoke to technology. Um, if I was looking for a, a job, you know, I wanted to go be a recruiter for accountants, I'm going to make sure that I'm talking about the transferable skills because, you know, recruiting is recruiting is recruiting. Yep. But I want to kind of speak to that because I want to make it super easy for the recruiter on the other end to very quickly within five seconds say, yeah, this person match, meets the qualifications. The degree is there, the, the ex years of experience is there, the technologies are whatever. I will read a resume as long as it's interesting. Mm -hmm. If I can figure it out in the first third of the page, the first five seconds, you're good, boom, check the box, forward you on, we're good. If I'm not sure, I will keep reading and I will scroll down to your second page or even your third page if there's compelling information that's helping me fill in the gaps and understand. I have not printed a resume in 10 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's all that's electronic right. now. So, right. um, so yeah, so I, I want people to, you know, I, I'm less concerned about, you know, did you fill out every little, I don't even know what they look like to be honest, because usually yep. it's upload a resume. I just pop out the resume. I've seen them in Word. I've seen them in PDF. It's an attachment. I've seen crazy format. I've seen no format. I don't care. Make the mm -hmm. font big enough that I don't got to pull out my readers. We're good. Yep. Yep. So specifically to the ATS, at yeah. the end of the day, there's, there's no... Um, robot kicking people out unless no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> unless they are pre-screening question, questions, yep. which if we're going to be honest, the person needs to say yes to all of them to pass that step, right? <laughs> At the end you of the mean, day, the knockout questions are the knockout questions. Well, what are you yes going to do? No, that's right. Y you can't change our mind, sadly. Right. I, I cannot make an exception. Because right. I like you. Right. <laughs> I wish I could. But, yeah. but, <laughs> but the here's reality... the other thing that's worth mentioning about that. Just because you're quote unquote knocked out, you're still attached to that position. You're, you're just in the rejected bucket. Most of the buckets usually look something like there's an applicant pool, mm -hmm. there's like uh, an interview process pool, and then there's a rejected pool. You're still there. We yeah. can see you. <laughs> Well, in, you in don't my, go away. In my experience, I've gone to that rejected bucket when I haven't found the person and I go, yes. let me just take a look at these, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> because it, it makes sense. Now, in reality, I, I, and I would agree with you, if your job is recruiting, 
then you need to spend all the energy, time, and effort in doing that. And if yes. you are only looking at 10 applications and you have 250, then shame on you, right? Yes. Your yes. job is to find the best possible 100%. person, right? And if you don't find them there, then you may have to source from LinkedIn or other you know, avenues. Mm -hmm. But the point mm -hmm. is, um, I think the pet peeve that people find outside of the misinformation about ATSs is, is um, the frustrating part of not knowing. You don't get a yeah. response. Absolutely. You, the recruiters don't respond back. Um, if you ask for feedback, which by the way, I saw in your video, what feedback do you want me to give you that you're going to be happy with? Right? <laughs> I've never had a person thank me for feedback. No matter right? how I pretty, just, I packaged it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I get it. You know, the recruiter is also in a yeah. tough position because, for sure. um, you know, I only have limited time and resources. Now, um, a potential myth out there, an experienced person, right? I'm 48. Yeah. I've been almost 20 years in HR. Yeah. And now I'm applying and some people believe that there's a junior person who's entry level, an intern that is looking at my resume and making decisions about my experience. How much have you seen that happening? I can't say it never happens. Correct. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, that intern, that junior recruiter, what have you, should be having their work checked until they're ready to fly on their own. And I love what you said earlier about going into the rejected buckets, because let me just tell you, I have been the mentor for junior people, and I have checked their work, and I have used going into their rejected bucket and making them explain to me why they were rejects as a teachable moment. And I have moved people out of the reject bucket into the interview bucket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yes, it, it, look, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Is it going to happen occasionally? Absolutely. Of course. But I hope, and I know any that I have any influence over, it's, it's important enough to not only do the right thing for the applicants, but also to make sure that my junior person or, or baby recruiter, as I call them, it's a term of endearment. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> I've been right. yelled yep. at for saying yep. that, but I really do say it with love. But I want to make sure that my baby recruiters are set up for success. So it is, you know, hey, let's look at the first few together. Okay, now you go check some. We're going to talk about them tomorrow. And then it's, okay, it's been a week. How did it go? Do we need to go back and look at things? So there's constantly kind of a sanity check and a training that's happening so that your baby recruiter, by the time they've got, you know, six months to a year of experience, hopefully are pretty good at least at one particular you know, type, one kind of role. You're not necessarily yeah. going to be an expert in everything, but hopefully we can let you loose on like junior software developers, for example. Got it. Got it. So obviously we're not going to go into this. I did share with the, uh, with, um, with, with my network and I will share it again, which is the video that you just released about how hiring decisions are yes. made. And I, I, I encourage anyone listening and viewing to look at that video because I think it gives you an unvarnished look at how it happens. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that most people are out there trying to find the best candidate possible, right? Agreed. You will Agreed. have, in any scenario, you will have these a-holes that are just 
not necessarily interested, yep. you know, hiring managers that are saying, I'm going to find me the best person possible, but you do the work, right? You, it's all entirely up to you. And all they do is complain. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it, it gives the impression for people that haven't been on the other side as if, again, the ATS is making these decisions. Yep. An intern is making these decisions. Yeah. And if people were not genuinely looking at a resume and saying, is, is, do I want to consider this individual? And yeah. yeah, I'm sure that you've probably rejected people that perhaps would have been great. For sure. But we don't know. Yeah. Right? And what can you do? Um, we can only take action on the information you are providing with us. And, and I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. This is a very... Um, out there example, but I think it fits. I spent a little bit of time with the state of Washington as an employment counselor. So I worked for the unemployment office. When you when you got laid off, I was the person you came to see to apply for three jobs a week so you could get your money. That that was my job. Mm-hmm. And you know, having a background in recruiting, like I was like, wait, y'all are doing it all wrong. <laughs> Let me fix all of this for you. And so you know, started teaching like some resume classes and online application classes and whatnot. And I remember one man who was so angry and he's like, nobody's calling me. And this, this is like 2010, you know, so we're in a recession yep. and all this kind of mess. I'm like, okay, let's, let's figure out where, where the funnel is broken. Right. Cause it, it could be at any step. He hands me his resume. I said, great. Okay. So you're, you're a chef, bus boy, dishwasher guy. What are you applying to? Well, I've been trying to get a forklift driving job. Okay, well, the forklift isn't anywhere on here. So that's the problem on what? He <laughs> yells at me. I swear, he smacks my desk. He starts screaming at me. I've been driving effing forklifts for 20. And I'm like, bro, it's not on your resume. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I can't read yeah. your mind. So that's an extreme case. Yep. Yeah. I have not forgotten it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So you, you can only act on the information that you, that the, the, the candidate provides. Yep. So obviously we can go on and on and on and on about this. My main yeah. focus in bringing you today was to, uh, like I said, unlock the mystery of the ATS because I think yeah. it intimidates a lot of people. Um, and look, uh, on one side, um, your approach may not be necessarily the approach that another uh, recruiter uh, for takes, sure, yeah. Right? But I think in general, I think it comes down to what information do you provide that matches the job that the recruiter is trying to fill. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, you may be overlooked. Yeah. Yes, it happens, right? But the most that you can do as a candidate to at least increase your opportunities, at least my recommendations, tell me if you agree, is if there's an application and he has a field, fill it out, right? I would agree. Yeah, for sure. Just fill it out, right? Oh, but Gustavo, they can look at the resume and I know, like I heard Amy and she says that she opens the resume. Yeah, (laughs) but that's Amy. Joe on the other company- looks at the application and the darn intern. Put, right? <laughs> that's right that's right but fill it out fill it totally out completely agree. just not just attach the resume attach the resume too. um parsing obviously if the system parses that's yeah. simply a step to make it easier on you you still need to go through the process of ensuring that all of the information is there yeah um outside of that Ensure that your resume 
matches the basic qualifications that yes. are listed, right? Mm -hmm. Even better if they're above that or beyond that. Right. And that your resume somehow reflects what the job description uh, and the job ad states the job mm -hmm. is going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Show them on your resume, I've done it, right? Don't tell them, but show them. Absolutely. Is there else that a candidate can do in terms of the ATS? Yeah. So another thing that I recommend is do this in bite-sized chunks. We have made it, thanks LinkedIn, looking at you. We've made it so easy to click and apply, click and apply, click and apply, click and apply, click. You can go apply to a hundred roles in 10 minutes. Yep. Now, the same people who will tell you to do this are the same people who are mad at people like me for sending out mass emails to 100 people in 10 minutes. Hey, I've got this open job. I'd like to talk to you about it. I say both sides are jerks. <laughs> so mm. I tell people, I actually published a, a blog post just last week about this, five steps to landing your next job. Yep. And it starts with, okay, here are the companies I could see myself working for. I, I'm going to pick, you know, five companies that I think are great that I'm interested in. I've made sure that they hire people like me. Yeah. I've made sure they have an open role that yep. I could fit. And I'm going to focus on filling out those applications, getting my resume up to speed, all of that for those five positions. And then, you know, I'm going to give myself a day off. I'm going to rest. I'm going to whatever. And I'm going to do it again the next day. By doing that in these bite-sized chunks, you are actually putting more quality into yeah. the ATS, yes. which is increases your odds of someone like me calling you. So, uh, you know, one, one question that I just thought of, and this is a conversation that I had with a, a person two weeks ago. She said, you know, Gustavo, uh, um, sometimes I see a job and I just want to immediately apply because I yeah. want to be, I want to be on the first 10 on the first sure. 25. Otherwise I don't have a chance. Um, again, I think that's an absolute statement, um, which may or may not be accurate. Right. Um, my recommendation to her was in line with what you described, which is look, um, I, the way I do it as a job seeker, I scale jobs on a scale of one to 10. Yes. Anything that Love is that. Eight, eight, nine, or 10 for me, I take my time. Anything that is a five, six, or seven, which is something that I would be willing to do, yep. but I'm not an in, in, as interested, I tend to just apply and see, ah, let's see what happens. Right? Absolutely. But I spend my time on those eights, nines, and tens. And literally, I've gone from applying to several jobs a day, mm -hmm. and there are days where I've only applied to only one. Yeah. Because- I'm reading about the company. Mm -hmm. I'm reading the job description. I'm updating the resume. I stand up. I walk around because I'm frustrated because I just yep. want to hit submit. Yeah. And I come back, right? If I really, really want it, I do some research. Who's mm -hmm. at that company? Do I have somebody that I yes. can, you know, be, yes. be connected with? But this idea that you have to immediately submit it, I say, look, if you're putting that job on a five, six, or seven level, then yeah, just hit yeah. click apply and For sure. you know, let's see what happens. But if you really want it, mm -hmm. you better take more time because you may be the 51st person that applies and you may be thinking that the recruiter is only looking at 10. The recruiter may be looking at all of them. You may have an Amy on the other side that is going, checking that queue every day to go <laughs> right. as we should, <laughs> right? As, as recruiters yeah. should. 
Anyone? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I, I mean, it definitely, it's a garbage in, garbage out mentality. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're putting garbage effort in, you're you're going to get garbage back. And that really frustrates people. And, you know, I, I would never say like, okay, the online application is the one thing you do. There, There's other steps, you know, networking and things that, that you can follow yep. up with. But yes, if you are genuinely invested in a particular role, in a particular company, Okay, think about, you know, for those that are that are married or coupled up or whatever, like, did you just kind of like randomly like text your significant other like, hey, let's go on a date? No, you wooed that person. That's right. That's you know, right. you you sent flowers, you bought gifts, you you know, you made an effort yep. to, to show up as, hey, I want to be in this like long-term relationship with you. And it's the same with employment and recruiters should do it too. Like we're, we're wooing, you know, job seekers as well. But, you know, it's that two-way street where we both should be really cognizant of each other's time level of interest and making our love apparent yeah, right. I, I shouldn't have to guess if an applicant really wants to work here it should be apparent by they've applied they've targeted their resume you know they whatever quick question mm -hmm. cover letters do you care for them i'll read them if they're there i've seen them cause more harm than good got it most cover letters I see are addressed to someone else or a different company. <laughs> True story. I have even gone so far as to like email people and be like, I just want to let you know, Zachary at Uber maybe didn't see this one. Just, Ooh, that's embarrassing. Just FYI. <laughs> I'm always nice about it because I get it. It's, you know, we're humans. We make mistakes. I giggle about it. I'm not offended. Just in case Uber is like your dream company, you might want to make sure you sent this to him too. <laughs> not you just me. the resumes. That's right. That's right. And the cover so, letters. So, you know, and, and it's fine. Like, like I said, if it's there, I will tell you this. I did see one. Full transparency. I, I didn't see it on the resume. I, I was looking at the resume and I was like, I'm just – I'm not sure. It was one of the maybes, right? But there was a cover letter that went into like just this great detail about how bringing broadband to these underserved countries would impact people that this applicant knows personally and, and where they grew up and that kind of thing. I was so moved that I called my hiring manager like, I don't know if this person's a fit, but we have to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like tugged at my heartstrings. So yeah, but, that's but one let way me it ask helps. you because in my experience, when I've looked, I've only gone to the cover letter mm -hmm. if I saw something interesting on the resume that applies to the job, and then it's it's almost like out of curiosity, I go, oh, yeah. let me take a look at the cover letter. I never go to the cover letter first, and then the resume. Yeah, and and in this case, and and, and absolutely, I, I'm always like defer to the resume. Like that's 99.9% of the time where where I'm at. Yeah. In this case, this person's resume, the attachment that they uploaded actually had the the cover letter first. So it was like mm -hmm. page one cover letter, page two was page one of the resume, that kind of thing. I actually skipped the cover letter, and I, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, scroll down, yeah. go to the second <laughs> page, right. looking at the at the resume. And like I said, I just, I wasn't sure, like there was some stuff there and it was like, oh, I don't know if this is quite right. Maybe there's context I don't have. So I go back to the cover letter and then, oh yeah. I mean, they played me like a fiddle. I was like, oh, that's the sweetest thing I've ever <laughs> right. seen. Mike, you got to right. talk to her, you know? So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amy, uh, I always like to close um, the episodes, giving the floor to the guest to 
pitch, promote, share whatever they want. So the floor is yours. What do you want to share? Well, thank you. So no, I think, you know, all joking aside, great recruiters can be your best friend. You know, I kind of made the joke about lawyers earlier because I'm a kid who's going to be a lawyer to go in where you're <laughs> law school. So I, I feel like I can say that joke now. Uh, but no, I think, um, you know, we're all human. Yeah. There are many of us, myself, Carpiac, so many others that are putting out tons and tons and tons of free content. You can go to my blog. You can go to my YouTube channel. There's absolutely no lift for you other than please read it and absorb it. So recruitingandyogapants.com. We want to make this a win-win for you as well as our hiring teams. So you know, listen to the people that make sense, take the advice that resonates with you and works for you and throw out the rest. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, Amy, very nice to meet you. I thank you, you very much for coming uh, uh, on the show. Um, and I will continue to follow you because I think you have great advice. Thank and I you. look, I, I like the videos they are concise, they're to the point. And more importantly, hopefully people will take the advice because the reality, there's a lot of people that are struggling and suffering. Yeah. Um, and with technology today, the information is out there. People just need to act on it. So absolutely. Happy right, to well, help. Thank you very much. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Gustavo. Thank Bye. Bye-bye.